Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball. This is the podcast. We talk about baseball 52 weeks out of the year. There is no offseason. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this on the 15th day of September 2017 in a Sully Baseball studio in Pasadena, California, overlooking the historic Rose Bowl. This is going to be another two-parter where I do one part of the podcast earlier and then another part a little bit later. Uh, I'm going to say, first of all, the I, I got to say it. The Indians' victory last night was so unbelievable that I, it was it was just a surreal watching this Francisco Lindor getting down to hit the the final strike, and I'm thinking I said it's 21 wins, it's 21 wins in a row, and if they lose that game, then. You know, you you you. There's no way you can say anything bad about it. You know, you can't sit there and go like, ah, uh, you know, this is a, uh, you know, they they blew it. Like, no, I mean, things have to bounce this way or bounce that way. I mean, if you go eighteen and three in a twenty-one game stretch, that's unbelievable, and that still accounts for three games where, you know, something didn't go their way. And, you know, I'm like, oh, well, at least they're putting up a fight. But, you know, eventually the eventually the odds are going to work against them. They're playing Kansas City. We're not a bad team. So, like, you know, eventually it's going to catch up with them. And Lindor hits that line drive just over the glove of Gordon. And then uh, Ramirez, who is creeping up on the leaders of who owns baseball, by the way. And he hustles out a double. And then Jay Bruce hits the double, and then it's 22. 22 wins. Now, I have to say something. Uh, your pal Sully does a lot of these podcasts. I used to do 365 of these. I'm going to figure out how many of them I've done this calendar year. It'll be a lot. I have no doubt about that. But with uh, sometimes I say things, and I realize, do you know what? I was wrong. And do you know what? It, it will help. Damn it, it'll help the country if more people said, hey, it turns out I was wrong. I said something and it turns out it was wrong. We live in a culture that praises, that values, that overvalues saying something controversial and saying it first. Those are what we value. Is it edgy? Did you say it first? I said it first. Like on trade deadlines. This person reported it first. I said it first. No, you said it first. Ah, he said it before me. Who gives a shit who said it first? And sometimes you want to look at, hey, I, at least I don't flip-flop. At least I don't flip-flop on my opinion. Sometimes flip-flop. When you get information that shows that your previous stance was not based upon sound facts, then flip-flop. Sometimes flip-flopping shows maturity. Sometimes it shows a sense of understanding of what you said was right or incorrect. It's not always a bad... Sometimes it's a positive thing. Now, if you're, you know, you know, if you do something and you suddenly change your stance because clearly someone has influenced you, someone has bribed you or something like that, that's one thing. 
But if you said something that's incorrect, or if the premise of your opinion was based upon faulty knowledge, which is much more often the case, then by all means, flip-flop. You know, if someone says something wrong, it isn't because they were lying. It's they may have formulated an opinion without sufficient data, or they may have thought they had sufficient data, but there were other factors that said, do you know what? Take this into account before you make your opinion. Now, the other day, I besmirched the 1916 New York Giants record of 26 straight wins, saying, fellas, there was a tie in that stretch. There was a tie. And so it should have been uh, I believe it was a 14-game stretch and a 12-game stretch instead of one 26-game stretch. I said, this is bullshit. And I, I stood by that. I even wrote on Twitter along those lines. I said it on the podcast. But after reading some articles and some interviews, including by the great John Thorne, the great baseball historian and a man who has forgotten more baseball than I will ever know in a hundred lifetimes. he John Thorne is like your pal Sully on steroids in terms of his baseball knowledge. I am in awe of this man's baseball knowledge and have been since I was a kid. I've been reading the books by John Thorne since I was 10, 11 years old. And I continue to read what he says to this day. As smart and as knowledgeable and as thoughtful and as humorous a baseball writer as there is on the planet, that's John Thorne. And he pointed out when this was brought up in a couple articles, that actually that game that was declared a tie, the stats went to the players. But that game had to be replayed. It didn't go in the standings as a tie. It was wiped out in terms of the standings and was played as a doubleheader the next day. And they won both games of that doubleheader. So... It, because it didn't go in the standings as a tie, it went in the standings as something that didn't exist, and the game was played again, and they won it, then I have to give the 1916 New York Giants the credit where it's due. That is the record. And I was incorrect in saying that shouldn't be looked upon as the record. So, hat-tipped, apology, please accept it, the ghosts of the 1916 New York Giants, who finished in fourth, and the next year they won the pennant, they lost to the Chicago White Sox in the World Series. Please accept my apologies, ghosts of Christy Mathewson, ghosts of Ross Young's, ghosts of John McGraw, I assume all of them were on that team then. I was wrong. I made an opinion not based upon sufficient data. Was that so hard, America? This is not even about politics at this point. Left, right, front, center. If you have made a loud opinion and it was, you find out that, wait a minute, I didn't have all the data, the right data, or I interpreted the data incorrectly. I said something incorrect, say, hey, turns out I was wrong about blank. That doesn't make you a weaker person. In some ways, it makes you a stronger person because you can admit when you're wrong.
shows you have integrity. Flip-flop, flip-flop. Sometimes flip-flopping is a smart thing to do. And I apologize to the memory of the 1916 New York Giants. Now, let me tell you something where your pal Sully's a little disappointed right now. I'm a little disappointed because I was expecting a wild, crazy scrum for the wild card over the last few weeks of the season. Well, it stands right now, there's about, what, 16, 17 games. There's a little more than two weeks left of the season in terms of games. And the American League wild card is coming into agonizingly clear in terms of uh, clarity in terms of who's going to be in it. It would take an absolute faceplant for the Yankees to not win one of the two wildcard spots. And it would take a big slump to have them not be in the main wildcard spot. Minnesota, because the Yankees are three games ahead of Minnesota, and they are six games ahead in the loss column of the Angels. So the Angels and the Mariners are the closest teams to the Twins for that second wildcard spot, but the Angels are three games back, and the Mariners are three and a half games back, and the Angels are about to will play the, um, the Indians starting next week. So it's not like they're going to have an easy time of it. And so it it's looking more and more. Now, now Boston, they're playing the Rays. Um, you know, the Yankees are playing the Orioles, who are, you know, waving the white flag right now. Uh, Minnesota is playing Toronto. You know, Toronto can still hit and win a game or two, but I think that's the Twins are in a are in a good position. You know, the Angels are playing the Rangers. They're going to have to beat up the Rangers because they're they're going to be facing Cleveland next week, and we all could see Cleveland knows how to win a game. So, my hope for having the wild card be an absolute scrum is looking less and less like that's going to happen, and my desire for anarchy is fading away because the Angels, while they pull themselves above 500 and into contention, they've they've slipped back. The Mariners have had a nice streak, but the Royals have slipped back. The Rangers have slipped back. Baltimore has looked awful. Tampa has slipped back. They all look like they're going to finish either one game or one game above or one game below 500. And the Twins and the Yankees look a little better. So yawny, yawn, 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 yawn. It looks like, oh, yeah, well, looks like it's going to be the Red Sox, Astros, Indians as the division winners, Yankees in Minnesota as the wild card, and everyone else will be around 500. And that's really dull. That's duller than dull. So is that it? Is our hopes and our prayers to have any sort of fun race down the stretch? Is that flushed right down the toilet? Hold on. Hold on. Because I want the following things to happen. I would like, and Cubs fan with an eight, you're not going to like this. I want the Cardinals to sweep the Cubs this weekend. I want them to win all three games. Cubs just beat the snot out of the Mets. And by the way, I mean, I'll talk about this next week. Just fire Terry Collins now. 
I mean, I called for this a few weeks ago, or like maybe a month or so ago, whatever. It, this team is flatter than flat. He's obviously not coming back next year. The Mets are embarrassing themselves more than they usually do. Why not just say, all right, that's it. Bye, Terry. We'll bring someone to manage the last couple of weeks. At least it shows, okay, changes are about to happen. I never understood when it's clear that the manager is there just treading water, and the team is floundering around him. It's like what happened the last few weeks of the Bobby Valentine Red Sox when they lost like every game the last two weeks of the season, and everyone knew they were going to fire Bobby V, and they just had this team lifelessly go from game to game and getting their ass kicked. Why not just get pull the Band-Aid off the hairy arm? And say, no, we, he's going to be gone. Here, throw in the third base coach to manage from now on. Seriously, get, Glenn Sherlock is one of the coaches. Have him, have him be in there. You know, if for no other reason, if when he's in uh, doing a press conference and he says something that's really cliche, you can whisper in the back of your head, no shit, Sherlock. But seriously, just some Tom Goodwin, someone else on the coaching staff, you could put on your baseballreference.com biography that you managed in the major leagues just just end the Collins era because the Mets just look just embarrass themselves and are embarrassing themselves but the Cubs hit beat the snot out of the Mets and they're facing St. Louis I want the Cardinals to sweep the Cubs it is not because I hate the Cubs, and it's not because I like the Cardinals. I'm actually not a fan of either team, quite frankly. I would also like to see the Milwaukee Brewers sweep the Marlins. I have a soft spot in my heart for the Marlins. I also have a soft spot in my heart for the Brewers. If those two events happen, a sweep by the Cardinals, a sweep by the Brewers, then we will go to the final two weeks of the season with the Cubs, Brewers, and Cardinals all tied for first place. And chances are none of those teams would get a wild card spot unless, unless the Padres also sweep the Rockies. And that would mean there would be a three-way tie at the top of the Central And two of those teams would be a half a game ahead of Colorado and would go into that final week of the season going, wait, who's the wild card? Who's that? Who's that? Who's in first place? Whatever. Blah, 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 blah. And that's what I want. Look, I I didn't root for the Cubs in the World Series last year. I didn't root for them against the Giants nor the Dodgers. It was mainly because I didn't want to celebrate a role as Chapman. Uh, I would rather see the Brewers over the Cubs in the playoffs just because I think the Brewers are a nicer story. But I obviously don't have ill will towards this Cub team. But I want to see, going into the final weekend of the series season, to be shrugging and saying, I don't know which one of these three are even going to get in. And in order for that to happen, a sweep by the Cardinals and a sweep by Milwaukee will turn the National League Central into utter chaos into the final two weeks of the season. Throw in the sweep of the Rockies, and the standings are anyone's guess. That's what I want. That's what I want. Is that asking for a lot? Yeah, but it's also not asking for a 22-game winning streak. A lot of teams get swept. A lot of teams sweep. 
I'm asking the Cardinals to sweep. Now, I'm going to be recording the second part of this podcast this afternoon because there's a day game going on. And Carlos Martinez is pitching for St. Louis. And former Cardinal and former Angel and former Red Sox John Lackey is pitching for Chicago. And in that matchup, Martinez Lackey, uh, I think, advantage Martinez. I think advantage Cardinals in that particular setup. Now I'm and I'm going to record my thoughts after that game is played. Uh, meanwhile, the Brewers are playing Miami. Uh, Jeffers versus Arena. Arena's a good pitcher. You know, I mean, that's that's not a, a, a gimme game for Milwaukee. But I want to see this happen. I want it, the, the possibility of a three-way tie going into the final 14 games of the season. Because at that point, when you say, well, how did they play for the last 14? It's really not about even talent at that point. At that point, it's really about chance and winning the games you can. And because I don't really have a dog in this fight... Are we allowed to say that anymore? Because I don't have a chicken in this fight, then I just want to see it as close as it can to be. As, and I want to see that... What I want is this. When you don't have one in the fight, I want to be in a situation, which is why I'm less concerned about what the Rockies do, because I'd like to see the Rockies in the postseason and check them off the list of teams that haven't made the postseason this decade. I want to see what happens when three teams finish tied and they don't have the wild card to fall back on. I want to see that. And we've seen it come close, but not quite. I want that. Your pal Sully wants that. Now, if you're a Brewers fan, I know damn well why you don't want that. If you're a Cardinal fan, I know so well why you don't want that. If you're a Cub fan, I get it. You don't want that. You just want your team to win. You know, I'm that way with the Red Sox. I'm very binary with the Red Sox. I don't care if they win 18 to 17 or they win 2 to 1 or they win 10 nothing. I don't care. I care that they win at this point. I just want to see them win the division. I don't think they'll win the pennant. But I think if they play Houston, I think they have a chance against Houston. And then go to the ALCS and you know, roll them bones and see what you got against the Indians. But I want to see anarchy in the National League Central. It's not asking for much. It's not asking for much at all. All right. Um, I actually got to change a light bulb. Uh, So why don't I come back and then we'll see what happens after the Cardinal-Cub game. Ah, The Cardinals just lost this game. And it's so stupid. It's so stupid. Everything was placed on a silver platter for the St. Louis Cardinals today. They had uh, an umpire going. Jordan Baker was behind home plate, and he was just god-awful. And he blew a key third strike call on Carlos Martinez. I mean, everyone thought it was a strike. In fact, Martinez even was walking out of the batter's box. Yeah, you got me. You got me. And at that point, when you're the ump, and when everyone on the planet is calling it a strike, you might as well just go strike. You know, kind of like Leslie Nielsen's you know timid first strike call in the Naked Gun, because 
it was just a dreadful call. And then, the, then Martinez wound up getting an RBI single, and John Lackey blew a gasket. And they had ejected Lackey. They injected uh, the catcher the from, the, from the Cubs. So they, the Cardinals had a lead. They had their best pitcher on the mound, and the Cubs were forced to go to the bullpen in the fifth inning and had to get a new catcher, too, and they were deflated. That's all they had to do was win this game, and suddenly there's a two-game lead, and we have something brewing here. And what they do, they let up a seven-run inning, the Cubs exploded, and four-game lead now. Yeah, the Cardinals can win Saturday and Sunday and you know, finish the weekend within two games, and that's fine, and it's also dandy. Then what are the chances of that happening? And what are the chances with the, the Brewers, who don't have Jimmy Nelson anymore, not for the rest of the season, and they're going to basically play a bullpen's pitching game for the, against Miami. I mean, this is a disaster. Everything I wanted to happen, which was an exciting end of the season for the NL Central, and the Cardinals are going to, you know, I almost said a really bad word, and even, even a combination of profanity that, Ray, I could never apologize enough to you. If I just did that. So let's just say it's a bunch of baloney. How about that? And I'm, I'm, tomorrow I'm, I'm going to talk about managers. I'm, I'm going to post something about managers tomorrow. Um, I want Mike Matheny's ass can't, canned. Why is he still a manager? What has he done to warrant the St. Louis Cardinals job? There are many better managerial candidates out there. I think there are many managers better than Mike Matheny who are sitting in dugouts as coaches or sitting as first base coaches or whatever. And you have this team. I mean, I, I'm just so angry right now. And, and not because I hate the Cubs. Not because I'm a huge Cardinal fan. I'm actually not a Cardinal fan at all. I just wanted to see anarchy in the last few weeks of the season. I thought I was going to get it out of the AL wild card, but that's not happening. And then I thought, okay, maybe we'll get it out of the NL Central. And oh, everything's being handed on a silver platter. And here we go. We're going to have two weeks where, unless a miracle happens, we know exactly who the playoff teams will be for the next two weeks. We know, okay, we already know it's going to be Washington and Los Angeles. We already know they're in there. We know that unless one of these two teams does a real face plant, it's going to be Arizona and Colorado, and it's looking like it's going to be the Cubs. I mean, the Cubs or the Rockies would have to go on a major slide in order for there to be any change in, hell, even the order. And we know the Dodgers are going to be in first place. We know the Nationals are going to be the next one. We know it'll be the Cubs, and we know that the Diamondbacks will be ahead of the Rockies. Unless there's a cataclysmic last two weeks, that's the way it's going to be. And all the teams can start lining up their pitching staffs now. And the American League, um, the, 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 I guess this is the other thing that I'm worried about. The only chance for there to be a real exciting race at this point save for uh, the Twins collapsing and the Angels going on a big run, is if the Yankees wind up catching the Red Sox. I don't think that's going to happen. I do think there are too many games apart right now. I mean, there's, a, what, two weeks to go. 
Red Sox are up by three, and they have no head-to-head matchups before. So they basically have to, the Red Sox basically have to match the Yankees the rest of the way. They don't have to worry. But I'm like, I don't want the Red Sox-Yankees to be the only exciting race from the end of the, to this season to the end. I can't even speak. I can't even speak. That's how mad I am right now. I want anarchy. Is it too much to get anarchy? Evidently, it is. <sighs> so go to sullybaseball.com. Like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Pondering the lack of anarchy in my life. This is the Sully Baseball Podcast for the 15th day of September 2017. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.